Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome back to repodcasting. I am your co-host, Lucia Julio. And I'm Janet, calling it in from Toronto. Hooray! And today we have a very special treat because we will be recasting The Hunger Games. Whoa. <laughs> and so this was Janet's pick. And so if you don't mind, I, I'm curious why you chose this. Well, this is another uh, girl on the train scenario <laughs> similar to that in that I read The Hunger Games loved the book so much and then when I found out that it was being uh, adapted into a big Hollywood blockbuster movie I was both excited and scared um, because I did I really loved this series of books as so many other people did I'm yeah. not alone um, and so there's always like that that nervousness where you really love the source material and you're excited at the prospect of a movie but so scared and I I know I'm always like such a Debbie Downer but I feel <laughs> like they got it wrong and listen I know that I'm alone here because I mean these movies made a ton of money and were so popular and like launched these careers oh, yeah. for, for these people um, but interestingly I think a lot of people didn't really like the casting at first either like just based on you know the reaction I remember when they were first announcing the leads there was a lot of sort of you know people like being angry and that sort of thing so I, I don't think I was alone but full disclosure I am not a fan of of the casting on these movies and even after watching the movies like you your position remained the same absolutely and okay. you know it's interesting because the only one of these movies that I was able to get through was the first one Oh, you didn't see any of the others? I watched about half of Catching Fire. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, I had to turn it off because I was like, I, <laughs> I was so annoyed with what was going on. And oh. then I didn't see, the, because they pulled the whole Harry Potter, Harry Potter yeah. thing on it, where they split it into two movies, which was a shameless cash grab. Oh, I know. It was so annoying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also read the books. I think shortly after they came out, it was in a book club. One of the people chose it as our next book, The Hunger Games. And I remember even like talking to my friend about it and we were both kind of annoyed. We're like, oh, she's picking like Twilight type stuff. And, and then we read it and everybody in the group loved it. And I devoured all three books immediately. <laughs> and, oh, I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Like I devoured these books. Like I remember I loved the first one. The second book was my favorite. I remember... As soon as I finished reading Catching Fire the first time, I started rereading it. Oh my gosh. Like, I literally, there was no downtime. Like, I started rereading it. I loved <laughs> that book. That's yeah, awesome. Mockingjay I liked, too, but the second one was my favorite. I think it was Catching Fire that I got through in two days, and I'm not a fast reader, so that is a feat for me. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was a huge lover of, of these books cool. for sure. Yeah. Well, when I, for myself, when I heard about the movies, I was excited. And when I heard who they were casting, I 
didn't know any of them. So I was just like, okay, whatever. And I went to see the movie as soon as it came out. And I personally really liked it. I thought they everybody did a good job. For, not everybody, but most people <laughs> did yeah. a good job. Yeah. And it's funny because when the movie came out, I didn't go and see it. Like I think oh. the first time, yeah, the first time that I watched this movie, I think like I just happened to see it on DVD and it wasn't until well after it had come out. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Alrighty. Do so, you do talk we want to talk about box office? Sure, sounds good. So, yeah, this made a shit ton of money. <laughs> uh, so, the budget for the movie was $78 million, which is pretty healthy. And then it went on to make $695 million worldwide. Good God. Um, and it had an interesting little fact. It was the third largest uh, opening of any movie in North America at that time when it came out. In history? Yeah, that's Ooh, what it said. Wow. That's what I got in North America. Yeah. So it made a lot of money and a lot of people obviously loved it. Yeah. Today I read a couple of articles about it. The articles I read were like from 2010 or 2011 as the casting choices were being known published and there was a lot of backlash and so it is interesting that even with that it still did amazingly well and all the other movies I think did really well too well because I mean ultimately people will go and see it if they really love the book I mean there's always that curiosity you're gonna go and watch it right yeah I guess it's like Batman v Superman like I heard there were people hate watching it and like going to the movie theater multiple times giving all their money to the studio and hate watching it those are people who have disposable income uh, clearly like a lot of it yeah <laughs> man, oh, man. do you want to do the do you want to do the synopsis or? yes so the hunger games is about katniss everdeen who voluntarily takes her younger sister's place in the hunger games which is a televised competition in which two teenagers from each of the 12 districts of Pan Am, are chosen at random to fight to the death. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's the lottery for teenagers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, the, like, it's a great story. Yeah. It really is. It's a great story. But it's just, I did not, I don't know, I did not connect with, with these casting choices. Okay. Should I get started or do you want to? No, I think we should get started. Tell okay. us why you did not connect with these casting choices. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll start with Katniss, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I'm going to call her J-Law okay. during this <laughs> pod. Well, we're J-Lou. Yeah, you're, that's right. You're J and I'm Lou. <laughs> yeah, so she's going to be J-Law for, for everyone listening. Um, so interestingly, when I was, you know, doing some research on this, what I found interesting was what Suzanne Collins said. And really, what do I know? What do any of us know? I mean, Suzanne Collins, the person who created Katniss Everdeen, said that Jennifer Lawrence was the only one who truly captured the character I wrote in the book. Mm-hmm. That's how she felt. So, I mean, you know, she obviously had Suzanne Collins's stamp of approval. Yeah. But the one thing that I, well, there are several things that I didn't like about her. But the one thing that I really didn't like about Jennifer Lawrence, I always felt that she looked too old for the role. Oh, really? And not that she 
was old. I think she was like 20 years old when they started filming. So she was only about four years older than the actual character, Mm -hmm. which is not a huge age difference. But to me, Jennifer Lawrence just has a, a very sophisticated, older look about her. Not to say that she looks old. Like, she doesn't look old and haggard. Right. So I always felt that she she just seemed too sophisticated for the role. I just find that so funny because I felt the exact opposite. I mean, I didn't think she looked too young for the role, but I did wonder, I looked up how old she was because while watching it, I was like, man, she has such a baby face. Like, I'm really curious how old she is. No, I was never buying her The other thing I didn't like was the fact that this was the kind of role that because the book had such a huge following, that this could have been a huge launch pad for an actor. Like, they could have hired all unknowns, and I think the movie still would have done well. Now, I get that they wanted people who had some sort of name recognition, because obviously... They wanted, they needed money, right? It's always like that. They, You need money, you need the funding for a big budget. So you've got to attach certain people to certain roles. And Jennifer Lawrence, you know, she people knew her already. And she was already in the X-Men franchise yes. as well. But that was the other thing. It's like she was already in a franchise. And I'm not saying that actors can't be in, in multiple franchises. Of course they can, right? But to me, it was like almost kind of lazy casting. And... What I found really interesting was that there were a lot of female actors who auditioned for this role. They auditioned a lot of bigger name actresses um, who, in my opinion, would have been a lot better. Um, The first person that uh, I actually thought of for this role, they actually auditioned her. Oh, no way. And my second choice for the role, they auditioned her as well. So I thought that was really interesting. Before I even did any research, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, they actually auditioned those actresses. So here's (laughs) a list of actresses that they auditioned for the role. Haley Steinfeld, Abigail Breslin, Emma Roberts, Saoirse Ronan, Chloe Grace Moretz, Lindsay Fonseca, Emily Browning, Shailene Woodley, and oh. Kaya, Kaya Scottolario. So she was actually my first choice, and she's the person that I recast in the role. Her name, so her name is Kaya Scottolario. When I was reading the book, in my mind's eye, that was who I had cast in this role. Okay. And you probably don't know who she is I because don't. she still doesn't have like much name rec- recognition. But I had seen her on this British show called Skins. Oh, okay. And she had played a character on there called Effie. And she was this tough-ass bitch on that show and for some reason I remember when I was reading The Hunger Games and I was like I was already casting it in my head like I was like well if they made this into a movie I would totally cast Effie in this role she would be so good and she did audition it's funny because I was reading about this she did audition for the role and she said that she was gutted when she didn't get it because she really wanted this role and I was like why didn't they cast her I don't understand (laughs) because I really feel like she would have been so good and she's the same age as Jennifer Lawrence Mm -hmm. but she looks younger and um, she's also been in she was in Pirates of the Last Pirates of the Caribbean movie like the uh, seventh one? <laughs> There's been like a million of those movies. Yeah, it was 
last one. It was Dead Men Tell No Tales. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I didn't see it. But she was in there. She actually had a lead role in that. Oh. And most recently, she was in the Maze Runner oh, movie. Oh, okay. She played Teresa. So for anyone who doesn't know who she is, that's where you can find her and you can see her work. But honestly, she was on Skins and she was so good on Skins. So I was like, oh, that's too bad that she didn't get it. But my second choice was Saoirse Ronan. I could totally have seen Saoirse Ronan as Katniss. Nice. Okay. Couldn't you? Not really. Saoirse Ronan is such a badass. Like, did you see that movie Hannah? No. Oh, you got to see Hannah. Really? That's it didn't going, really pique my that's interest. Going on your list. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, Saoirse Ronan, I think she would have been really a really good Katniss okay. as well. Yeah, so those were sort of like my two. But, you know, the other thing I wanted to say, and we talked about this before, but uh, the, the director of this movie, Gary Ross, mm-hmm. he clearly had uh, a heavy hand in casting. You know, I was reading an interview that he did with Entertainment Weekly when they first started casting the movie, and he clearly wanted Jennifer Lawrence. I got the sense that it was basically up to him that he was calling the shots. He said that he really liked Jennifer Lawrence, like he met her, and he felt that she, like, personified the character because she was so strong and independent, and the way he went on and on about her, like, I almost got the sense that he, like, totally had a crush on her. (laughs) Probably. I don't know. That was the vibe that I totally, it was like a creepy man vibe. Sorry if Gary Ross is listening to this. Please don't file a lawsuit against us, but (laughs) (laughs) he sounded like a creepy man. And Suzanne Collins, even though she definitely gave her stamp of approval and she said that, you know, Jennifer Lawrence was, was it. I got the sense that, that he really was kind of like calling the shots on the, on the casting. Um, I don't know. Maybe that was just my interpretation of it. So that's who I picked for Katniss. Awesome. And then PETA. Oh, my God. What? No. Josh Hutcherson. You know, I'm sure he's a lovely person, and I've seen him in other things, and, you know, it's not that he's a bad actor, but, like, I laughed my ass off when I read that they were casting him as PETA. But did you laugh your ass off when you watched the movie? I think he was great. No, I did not like him as P. I was not buying him as PETA. To me, he's a romantic lead, like even in the book, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're supposed to believe that they're in love and all this other stuff. And one look at Josh Hutcherson, it's like, this guy's not a romantic lead. Like, I wasn't <sighs> buying it. And I was actually, you know what? I will say this. When I heard that he was cast as PETA, I was so disappointed because again when I was reading the book in in my mind's eye like I was not picturing Josh Hutcherson so you knew him as well before like before you saw this movie you when they announced his name you already knew who that was yeah I knew who he was and you know and you know what it's weird because even when you see photographs of the three leads together Mm -hmm. he looks like a little kid next to Jennifer Lawrence. Okay, but so your problem was that Jennifer Lawrence looks too old, and now the problem is that he looks too young? <laughs> next to her, he did. Like, I, to, uh, to me, he did. He 
looks like a little kid and not just because he's shorter than her and maybe that had something to do with it as well when people are casting these movies like physicality is huge oh definitely but he's 16 the character is 16 you think he looked younger than that yeah like to me josh looks like he's 12 you're crazy no he was so good He was adorable. I totally bought him as romantic lead, and I think he killed the role. And I think you're mean. (laughs) The word that you just used used for him was adorable. Yeah. PETA is not sexy. Gail is the sexy one. Reading the books. Well, yes, Gail is supposed to be, like, sexy or whatever, even though... I don't know. I was very ambivalent towards Gail, but... I was too. But I certainly never pictured PETA as, like, some buff, hot guy. He's not supposed to be. No, I agree. Neither did I. But you also get the sense that he's, like, a really good-looking guy. I don't know. I I wasn't buying, uh, what's-his-face, Josh Hutcherson as PETA. Like, no. To me, he looked too young next to J-Law. So physically, I wasn't buying it. And... I don't know, like, in the book when I was reading it, Peter comes across as, like, he's sensitive, mm-hmm. um, but he's also, like, really intuitive, really smart, and, like, it's almost like he, there's more to him than meets the eye. Definitely. Because he definitely ends up, like, being able to play the game better, yeah. in a sense, than Katniss. Yeah, he's seeing um, uh, many steps ahead that she's not. Yeah, like, it's almost like he's... Yes. And he's a lot better at playing to the crowds and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. And to me, like, Josh Hutcherson, just, he didn't capture, like, the vibe that I thought he should have had. So, okay. anyway, my recast, I chose Emery Cohen, and I don't know if you know who he is. I don't. Where you do don't? you pick these people from? I know. Well, like, Emery Cohen, he's actually starting to be more popular now, so okay. he was in... Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, who was he in that, that? movie? He plays uh, Bradley Cooper's son. Okay. Um, he also was in that movie Brooklyn oh. with uh, Saoirse Ronan. He plays her boyfriend. And most recently, he was on The OA, which oh. is on Netflix. And he's got a lead role. He plays Homer on there. So the reason that I picked him um, was, I don't know, I just could have really seen him as PETA. I think he looks young like he definitely has a baby face yeah but not so young like I said for me one of my big hang-ups with Josh Hutcherson was he looked too young next to Jennifer Lawrence like almost like her like her baby brother not like the oh. dude that I could potentially <laughs> like see her making out with like yeah. it's gross the idea of them even making out it's like oh she's making out with her little brother oh my God. <laughs> No. So, yeah, Emery Uh, Cohen, like, while he still has that baby face and he looks young, like, he looks age-appropriate for the role. He also is really good at playing, like, that sort of sensitive vulnerability, but he kind of, if you, especially in The Place Beyond the Pines, Mm -hmm. he's kind of a punk ass in that movie. So, I think he could have, like, really captured Peta's essence where, like, yeah, he's sensitive and he's vulnerable, but he could also play that sort of strong, self-possessed 
part of the character as yeah. well. So that's funny because, like, of everything you just mentioned, the only one I've seen is The Place Beyond the Pines. And he is a punk ass in that. And he his character is so utterly despicable to me in that. I, I cannot even begin to imagine an ounce of sensitivity in him because I haven't seen him in anything else. So that's why you need to watch him in Brooklyn. I'm yeah. adding Brooklyn to your movie list. Okay. It is an excellent movie. And he is so good. His performance, he plays like a really nice, sensitive sort of, yeah, you'll see okay. when, when you watch it. And you'll, you'll see that he can play like yeah he can play a punk ass but he also <laughs> has the ability to like go there and okay. be really sensitive um so and again like i always try to keep in mind how the chemistry i think right. he would have had really nice chemistry with kaya scott Alario, and they would have looked good together i think <laughs> yeah so then in the the role of gail it was liam hemsworth you know liam hemsworth is fine like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, shit-talk Liam Hemsworth because I don't have any problem with him. He was fine in the role. Mm-hmm. Again, like, I was really ambivalent about Gail's character in the first place. Me too. And yeah. I'm ambivalent about Liam Hemsworth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Physically, yeah. yeah, he totally fits the role. Yeah. Because you get the sense that Gail is, like, really rugged and kind of like a hunk, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so with Liam Hemsworth... Like, yeah, he's a hunk, right? Everyone thinks the Hemsworths are, yeah. <laughs> are hunks, sure, right? I sure, don't know. Sure. So my problem with Liam Hemsworth was, like, I didn't feel that he meshed with the cast. I don't know. I didn't get that sense of chemistry with him and Jennifer Lawrence, which is weird because apparently, here's some, like, gossip tidbit, <laughs> which could be true or not I don't know if you've heard this or not but apparently him and Jennifer Lawrence totally hooked up while they were filming this movie I hadn't heard life. that no yeah okay yeah apparently they did oh um, but that's what they say is if people have when they have no chemistry on screen it's because they're having chemistry off screen <laughs> really I've heard that before, yeah. Oh, because uh, I started hearing that around Mr. and Mrs. Smith time because that's when Brad Pitt was still with Jennifer Aniston. Or was he already with Angelina Jolie? Or was that no, the movie that broke them Jennifer up? Aniston, okay, yeah. yeah. And everybody was saying that there is no chemistry in the movie between them, and it's because they were actually sleeping together in real life. I don't know. Uh, well, I've never heard that, but we'll go with that. To me, I didn't see the chemistry. Me neither. Um, so that was kind of the problem that I had with him mm-hmm. in this role. Because I was kind of like, I don't believe that they even like each other. Yeah. In the book, like, they have a strong connection. Mm-hmm. Like, Gail's her BFF, yeah. right? Like, they've grown up together. And uh, so I didn't really feel that on screen between him and, and J-Law. <laughs> You're going to be like... Oh, when good. I tell you my pick because again it's like a totally unknown dude that like nobody's gonna know probably oh, boy. but my pick was Joe Dempsey <laughs> <laughs> let me explain who Joe Dempsey is please <laughs> okay so Joe Dempsey a lot of people will know him people who watch Game of Thrones oh I know you don't, right. but you're like one of the five people who does Yeah, that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe Dempsey is on Game of Thrones. He plays Gendry, who is Robert Baratheon's 
bastard son. He's pretty well known on the show. Anybody who watches Game of Thrones will know who he is. Okay. Um, that's probably the main thing that he's known for. Like, he's done smaller things. He actually was on Skins as well, oh. but that's where people will know him from, mm-hmm. is Game of Thrones. He's British. I seem to cast a lot of British people. Yeah, really. I like British people. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> I think he would have been a great Gale. In terms of physically, he totally could have pulled it off. He's a good-looking guy. Like, you'll have to Google him to yeah. check him out, but he is. He's, okay. like, a good-looking guy. He, I definitely could see him as being, like, a Gale, kind of like a hunky sort of character. And I think he would have... I mean, it's hard for us to say, right? If we, he'd have, like, chemistry with any of well, with sure. these people. But I think they'd look good together, okay. at least him and, and Caius Scottolario. And I would have liked to have seen him as Gale. He's also a very good actor. I think he definitely could have hit all the notes okay. in terms of, like, who Gale is. I'll, I'm going to say it. I don't think Liam Hemsworth is a very good actor. I really don't. I'm I, pretty I feel- sure this is the only thing I've seen him in. Uh, I didn't even know his name was Liam. I just knew he was a Hemsworth. (laughs) I don't feel he's a good actor. I feel he's a very one-note kind of actor. Okay. So I definitely feel that in terms of acting ability, I think Joe Dempsey is a far better actor, and I think he could have brought some depth to the character and perhaps hit different notes yeah yeah admittedly Liam Hemsworth is the only one of the three leads that I wasn't too keen on like you I was not really that interested in Gail in the books but it's still written there on the page like even though they weren't a couple you could tell that there was you know energy between them and you're supposed to feel like there's a love triangle right from the first book and I don't get that in the movie. The yeah. most we get is like the a uh, deadpan look at on Liam Hemsworth's face when PETA says he has a crush on her or something like that. There was just nothing there in the movie for me in terms of any relationship between Gail and Katniss. Oh yeah, I totally, I feel you. I totally get what yeah. you're saying. Like that was the biggest critique uh, of mine was mm-hmm. that I felt no chemistry between any of the three leads. Like, that's the thing. You're supposed to believe in the book this is, like, an intense love triangle. Like, that's one of the things that is interesting. I mean, there's so many things about the book that is interesting, but the love triangle is, like, a, a definite aspect to it, right? Yeah. And I was not getting that off of any of the leads. Yeah, but the not- interesting thing is that for between Katniss and Peta anyway, you get the sense that at least she is faking it throughout just because of the Hunger Games, right? Just to play the game and to have the people watch them and, you know, root for a love story and blah, blah, blah. So I felt that they played that part well in the movie because they're not supposed to have that much chemistry, right? Like, I think they're trying to show the audience that Not the audience of the Hunger Games event in the movie, but us, the audience. They're trying to show it to us that, like, she's not really that into him. Because it's not really until the near the end of the first book that she's having some kind of inkling of feelings for Peta. Yeah, like, I feel that the... With her and Peta, it really starts to heat up and catching fire, yeah. right? Like, that's where you really start to believe that she does have feelings for him. She, exactly. It's, like, for me, it never... It never came to fruition. 
I never believed that chemistry. That's why, like, I just couldn't get into the movies. Okay. Um, So the last character that I recast was Hamish Abernathy, uh, which was played by uh, Woody Harrelson. Like, really? Why is Woody Harrelson in every movie? He's like Jude Law. Like, why? <laughs> why is Woody Harrelson cast in every... He's not the only actor in Hollywood, but you'd think that he was. Yeah. Based on, like, and I, hey, I like Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. I think Woody Harrelson is a good actor, but why does he have to be in every single movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this shows, to me, this shows a real lack of creativity with casting. Yeah. It, it does. Yeah, because I don't even think he was all that bad, but I kind of agree with you. Like, when he shows up there, I'm also thinking, why is he here? What is Woody Harrelson doing on screen? Oh, yeah. Like, when I heard that he was cast as Hamish, I was like, screw this. This movie is going down the toilet so fast. Um, And you know what's funny? You know who was being heavily considered for that role? I don't know if you read this. John C. Riley. No way. Yes, way. I think he would have been better. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Nice. See, I could have seen, I would have rather have seen John C. Riley in the role than Woody Harrelson. Me too. Yeah. Totally. But here's a fun fact. Jack Black. No. Was rumored. Oh my God. To have been considered for this. He was in the running for this role. Jack Black. Oh, I wish, I wish so much that we could go back in time. And make sure Jack Black got cast. (laughs) I kind of think that Jack Black could have done this role. Yes. You know, we've recast a lot of his movies, but I stand by the fact that I really like him. I think he's a good actor. I think he's got charisma, and I think he would have done a great job as Haymitch. And imagine, like, the faces that he would have pulled as Haymitch. It would have been really different. Had. <laughs> it would have been a very different Hamish, and I, I want to see that Hamish now. Holy cow. Yeah. So with Woody Harrelson, I thought it was a creatively anemic choice. Mm-hmm. It was like, no. Um, and like I said, he didn't do a bad job. Like, yeah. he was fine. Woody Harrelson is a good actor. For Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. There's no disputing that. Yeah. I didn't find that he was dark enough in the role. Oh, really? Because... That's one thing that you really get out of the books is Hamish is a dark character. Like, there's nothing fun about that guy. You know, he is like an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He's abysmal. And he's not fun, like, in a hot mess sort of way. You know sure. what I mean? Like, he's fun. In, or <laughs> he's fun. He's dark. He's got a lot of demons. Yeah. So maybe that was intentional. Like, maybe they wanted... Woody Harrelson to bring some levity to the role? I don't know. I don't know, I don't that, know that Jack would... Black would have been darker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if that's why he was cast. I don't know what was going on. Okay. But um, to me, the Haymitch that Woody Harrelson portrays is like somebody who's kind of off the rails, but for the most part, he has his shit together. Whereas yeah, that's true. in the book, Haymitch not have his shit together 
like Katniss is constantly having to watch out for him and I feel like they are the ones that have to keep him in check. That's true. They really downplayed that. They left yeah. out a lot of parts from the book of, of that. Like I now that you're talking about it, it's jogging my memory from the books. And yeah, I think there were even times where like they would find him passed out and they'd have to take care of him, no? Absolutely. So I felt that like in the movie Haymitch is definitely has a better sort of grasp on things. Yeah. Here so he was they, more like a lovable sot. <laughs> Instead of, like, a deep, dark alcoholic. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, that was kind of... They went a different direction. Mm -hmm. Um, So, my pick for for Hamish was always... Like, when I was reading the book, this was the first person who I pictured as Hamish, Viggo Mortensen. Oh. Like, for me, that's who Hamish is. Oh, I like Like, that. 100%. Um, you know, Viggo Mortensen has a huge body of work. He's done tons of film. Yeah. Uh, and such a I range, think, too. Sorry? He's got range. Absolutely. And he has a name. I mean, people yeah. know who he is. But I think he would have made a great Hamish. Mm-hmm. And I think that he would have definitely brought that darkness that you read in the, in the book the, yeah. that imbues that character. Eagle Mortensen knows how to play dark. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. And I think he just would have been an amazing Hamish. And in terms of, like, age appropriateness, I think he would have been fine for it, too. And I could just see him as, like, that really gruff character with all those demons and mm-hmm. all that stuff going on. But still somebody who is lucid enough to guide them through, like, the games. I think he would have been amazing. Yeah. And I like that. I think that he would have been way better. And again, like I'm with you, Woody Harrelson was fine. And he certainly is a good actor. But yeah, Viggo Mortensen would have been fantastic in that role. Yeah, so that's, that's me. Awesome. Okay. Turn. My turn. Okay. I have a feeling that you're not going to agree with my casting choices. Am I going to I can't wait. I don't think you're going to laugh. I don't know. But you're definitely not going to agree. So, um, I don't have to agree. Yeah, let's fight. Good thing we're not in the same room or this could get ugly. <laughs> okay, so for Katniss Everdeen. I would start flipping like tables. How dare you? Um, okay, yeah. Uh, Katniss Everdeen. My first thought was of Ellen Page. I'm not sure in terms of physicality. I don't remember a lot of the descriptions of what characters looked like in the book. So I'm certainly not going to play into that. But Ellen Page can be a badass. And she's been in the, I want to say the X-Men franchise too, wasn't it? Yes. And I feel like she's kind of like a little dark and she can kind of play the the loner. And I just think she would have brought something really interesting to that role. And she's only like maybe two or three years older than Jennifer Lawrence. You know what, Lucia? I am not mad at that <laughs> casting choice. Yeah. In fact, I think that casting choice is a little bit brilliant. Oh, thank you. I'm so I excited. Totally, you know what? I didn't even think of her and I don't know why but yeah yay damn why didn't they have her on the list I know I think she would have been terrific she's so good I think she would have been good yeah she would have been a different Katniss altogether yeah 
like I said, I don't remember a lot of the physicality of what was described as Katniss, but I remember a lot of her inner monologue and things like that. And I feel like Ellen Page would have been able to subtly display that a little better. You know what? I think she would have captured the spirit of Katniss Mm -hmm. way better than Jennifer Lawrence. I know that the movie made a ton of money (laughs) and that people loved her in that role, but I never felt that she really captured the essence of who Katniss was. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with, um, oh my god, I literally just forgot her name, with Jayla as Katniss. <laughs> How could I forget her name? That's so weird. I didn't have a problem with her portrayal, but I also wasn't blown away by any means. Yeah. So yeah. And then the next one, Peta. I did like Josh Hutcherson, but <laughs> I thought of Daniel Radcliffe, who... Oh. Yeah, he's also... Potter. I know. Um, he wasn't Harry Potter at that time anymore, I think. I feel like it was done by then. Yeah. He's also just a couple years older than Josh Hutcherson. So all of mine are like a little older, but not a lot. And they all kind of have young looking faces. So I feel like it would have been fine. But yeah, so I, I don't know. Well, Daniel Radcliffe is a great actor. So there's no question there of whether he could do it. And he is, he is a babe. Like, (laughs) Daniel Radcliffe is a babe. Yeah. So I think he would have been just a great PETA. Even, okay, so like I said, I'm fine with most of the performances that are in the movie, but none of them were like, wow. (laughs) And Daniel Radcliffe would have brought wow to PETA. Daniel Radcliffe, like you said, there's no disputing, Daniel Radcliffe is an amazing Mm -hmm. actor. I mean, he would have brought all sorts of wow to it. Yeah. Just, I don't think people would believe Daniel Radcliffe is PETA, because they'd be like, what's Harry Potter doing in the Uh, Hunger Games? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that'd probably be too hard for a lot of people. If Daniel Radcliffe hadn't been Harry Potter, he'd be a great PETA, I agree with you. Yeah, it's funny, that is true, because uh, it would be distracting, probably, at that time. And then for Gail, I thought of Michael B. Jordan, who I think is a, another babe. <laughs> Can we call him Michael Bay Jordan? Oh, I'm in. Because <laughs> he's such a babe. Yeah. Like Donald Glover. I love Donald Glover. Oh, nice. I'm now, now we're going off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, and I mean, I don't have a lot to add to that either because we know Michael B. Jordan is an amazing actor. He can do anything that we've seen and he's hot. And I think he would have had an interesting, well, first of all, I just think he would have brought more to the character than Hemsworth mm-hmm. Baby did. And then he, I, I would have liked to have seen him and Ellen Page play off each other. I'd be curious to see how their chemistry would be. Like, <laughs> I mean, interesting. in the end, like, they, there's definitely supposed to be chemistry, but also she never is with Gail. Yeah, did you throw him in there as the token black <gasps> person? No, I threw him in there because I think he's okay. excellent. <laughs> Good. I felt like I had to ask you that because our <laughs> listeners were wondering. <laughs> no, to be honest, our like... Three, our three listeners <laughs> were wondering... Um, no, to be honest, like there are some times where I'm like, ooh, maybe I there's not enough diversity in my casting or whatever. But since there were only a few people, I wasn't really focusing on that. And I just, once I thought of him, actually, this is going to sound weird. My first thought was Michael B. Jordan as PETA and Daniel Radcliffe as Gail. And then the more I thought of it, I was like, no, I need to switch that around. <laughs> yeah, that would have that been hilarious. 
Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it's funny that I landed on those two, and I was still okay with just flipping it, and I thought that was better. But anyway, yeah, so okay. hey, Mitch, I agree that the darkness was not there in this role. I don't know if it was Woody Harrelson's fault or if it's just how the screenwriters chose to do it, but I think Benicio del Toro would have brought some nice darkness there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and interesting choice. Yeah, what, the, what really made me think of it, which probably won't make any sense, is his role in um, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Yes. I don't know. Picturing him in that role, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can see him as Hamish. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know what? I mean, he's a great actor. I yeah. think he could do anything, right? He could certainly do it. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he would be an interesting Hamish. Yeah. And he would definitely be darker than like Woody Harrelson was. Yeah, and I actually had a second choice for Hamish. Well, in a way, he was my first choice. He was the first one that popped into my head, and it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. Who well, ended he's up... In, he's in it. Yeah. yeah, he ended up playing a different character. I forget the name of the character. I, I really think he would have been... A really great Hamish. Yeah, he could have done it. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. Yay! Nice. <laughs> See, there was no hysterics. Yay, we didn't even fight. <laughs> well, we almost fought. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I think people want to hear us fight. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's next? Uh, well, oh, I'll just mention that I read today that um, Jennifer Lawrence was paid $500,000 for this role. And I mean, like you said, she was already in a franchise. She had already been the lead in Winter's Bone, I think it was called, even though I had never seen her. She certainly wasn't a household name, but yeah, she was known. And so 500000 I don't know if that's a lot or a little, because it's the first one and like you had mentioned before we started recording, they don't know how it's going to do. And so yeah. it's hard to, I don't know how hard it is to set um, salaries for something like that. But for the second movie, after the first one was a big blow-up blockbuster, uh, she got paid $10 million for Catching Fire. Yeah, that's, that's a big pay hike. Yeah. <laughs> $10 million. Yep. Especially that's for someone who were like, Eh, she she didn't do that much. She was fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, we're, you know, I didn't like her, but that doesn't mean anything, right? Oh, I'm so sure a lot of people loved a, her. Yeah, that's a good fun fact. Uh, my fun fact that I found when I started doing uh, a deep dive on this movie, mm -hmm. Steven Soderbergh served as a second unit director for this movie. Yeah, I saw that too. Did Isn't that, that crazy? I thought that was I thought that was really cool. I had no idea that he'd had any involvement with this movie whatsoever. Yeah. Don't you find it interesting like I mean, you know his work and I know that you're a fan of his work like does it surprise you that he agreed to work on something like this? Yes. And I don't know if maybe it was a timing thing, because if you've got Steven Soderbergh, why wouldn't you just have him be the director? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, I thought that was really strange. I'm I'm a fan of some of his work. I think he has some clunkers, too. <laughs> like, I, I like Steven Soderbergh, but he typically is involved with sort of... When you hear Steven Soderbergh, you think independent cinema and so I was kind of surprised that he agreed to be involved yeah, in that's something of this magnitude 
I also read that Jennifer Lawrence was really apprehensive to take this role, even though I, she must have been auditioning, because she knew it was so big. Mm. Which is, I don't know, it's interesting, no? I don't know. I mean, you know, she was already attached to X-Men, so how scared was she? I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. Maybe <laughs> okay. she just said that. I'm, yeah, I'm really not a fan Okay. Of okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, this movie made them turn them all into multimillionaires and oh, gave yeah. them huge careers. Yeah, definitely. So, this is the kind of movie that is a career maker for an actor, right? Yeah. I would have preferred if they had gone with unknowns for the lead roles mm-hmm. because these are career-making roles. Yeah. And I think that... They didn't need people who were popular. Maybe they needed it in terms of securing the budget for the movie, perhaps, right? Even that, Um, I don't know, because the books had done so well that they probably didn't need that. Like, that's the thing. When you have a book like this that is so such a huge franchise, you've got a built-in audience. Yeah, who are going to go probably regardless of who you cast. Like I said, I mean, we discussed this before we started uh, recording today. I got the sense that Gary Ross, who was the director, I got the sense that he was a control freak Mm -hmm. about this project. And uh, interestingly, he was dropped from directing the second movie. He was supposed to direct Catching Fire, and then he was, because of creative differences. <laughs> wow, I can <laughs> hear like the air quotes. Irreconcilable differences when people get divorced. <laughs> it's uh, like giant air quotes around creative differences. Yeah. That just means they fired him. I don't know. I like maybe he just really hit that whole control thing started to get out of out, out of, of control. control and they <laughs> kicked him off the project because when he was talking about the casting, like, I just got the sense that he was in the driver's seat. Like, I get that a director has input, of course, but... Yeah, but also, what had Gary Ross done before this? That's what I forgot to look up. I'll be honest, I didn't look at his filmography. I've never heard know. of him, certainly. I don't know. So sure it's is. not like he's some giant name who can... Th- throw his weight around, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, it's surprising. Apparently he, he did throw his weight yeah. around. So Which is why they why, dropped him. <laughs> maybe that's why they fired him. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I want to mention the ratings that I saw because this was really interesting. Usually IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes have fairly similar ratings um, in terms of the critic ones. And for this movie, Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 84% and IMDb gave it a 68 yeah. Why the difference? I'm not sure. Well, Rotten Tomatoes, you're dealing with like 300 critics. And on IMDb, for whatever reason, it's only 49 critics. Oh, okay. So it's certainly just like a small cross section. But yeah, like it, it's a pretty big difference there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I, I read that like for the most part, it was well received critically. Okay. Like, yeah, I didn't read any. There was only one... Um, review that I read that was like really really bad and it was by some guy in the New Republic which is like some right wing piece of garbage (laughs) (laughs) that nobody reads (laughs) 
I did read um, one critic complaining about the shaky camera, which that was a complaint of mine too, because like if you're talking about when action is happening and when they're running and this and that, th then a shaky camera, fine, that's a choice you make. But it would be a quiet moment, nothing happening on screen, and the camera would be shaking out of control. <laughs> Why? It, yeah, I don't know. It, you know what's weird is I clearly have no radar for shaky cam <laughs> because... This is the second time that we've yes. talked about this, yeah. where you notice shaky cam in a movie, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I never noticed shaky cam. That's so interesting. Know. Maybe you're, like, laser-focused on one spot. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I clearly, I'm, I'm shaky cam blind. Because <laughs> yeah. I never see it, but... Yeah, that did bother me in in a few scenes. It wasn't super noticeable throughout the whole movie, but there were some parts where it really felt out of place for me. I think I was too focused on my hate for Josh Hutcherson. I guess so. <laughs> that I, I completely missed the shaky cam. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now it's time for our special segment. Hold Tony me close, Danza. young Tony Danza. <laughs> so this is the segment where we put Tony Danza into a role in this movie. Here at Repodcasting, we love Tony Danza. He should be in every movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, maybe we can get Tony Danza on the show. Oh my god. Please. Tony Danza, he's another dream guest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our show. <laughs> Speaking um, of which, you go, for, you go first. Where would you cast him? Okay, I cast him as Caesar Flickerman, the Stanley Tucci role. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, he'd be a great host. He would have that fun vibe, and I think he would be delightful in that role. Totally, I would cast Tony Danza as Cinna. Oh, oh, I like that. Who was Katniss's stylist, mm -hmm. played by Lenny Kravitz? See, now that was, we didn't talk about that, but now there was a creative casting choice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who would have ever thought that Lenny Kravitz would have ended up in this movie? Yeah. Who would have thought Lenny Kravitz would have ended up being like the breakout in this movie for me? Like he was really good. I watched it again this morning and I was, and I'm not even a huge Lenny Kravitz fan, but I was really enjoying him in this role. Yeah. Like there's, there's a creative casting choice mm -hmm. right there like that's perfect i would cast tony danza as Cinna. i love I it totally see him as like katniss's like you know stylist bff yeah girl yes <laughs> oh my god uh did you see the same movie because lenny kravitz was not exactly yeah girl <laughs> <laughs> no that was just me as Cinna. okay okay Nice, nice. That would be very interesting. <laughs> but yes, I would, I would cast Tony Danza. I love I it. That's great. That. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, excellent. So um, we wanted to also just bring up something that we, Janet and I started doing. It was, I think it was Janet's idea. Uh, yes. We are giving each other movie challenges. Uh, challenges yes. just in the sense of we're giving a list of movies. Um to watch and talk about later. Yeah, so the main reason that I wanted to do it was because 
you and I seem to have watched such different types of films. Like, there's so many movies that I have seen that I'll talk about, and you're like, oh, I've never seen any of those movies, yeah. and, and vice versa. Yeah. And so I find that we, we really gravitate towards different types of movies, and I thought it would be a really good exercise for us to sort of give each other movie challenges, uh, and then that way, too, like, we're exposed to, like, different different actors, different artists. Yes. Yeah, so, and it's been fun so far. My my list for you keeps growing, and you seem <laughs> to like the movies so far that I've given you. I have, so I'll, I'll say what they are. So far, I have seen The Place Beyond the Pines, Half Nelson, Nightcrawler, Enemy. Am I missing something, or is that all no, so far? No, that was it okay. so far. Yeah, and so far, I've watched because Lucia loves Elvis movies. Damn right. <laughs> so I saw Live a Little, Love a Little. That was the first Elvis movie. Mm-hmm. And that was like completely bonkers <laughs> and out of this world. And I also watched Don't Think Twice, mm-hmm. which was a movie that's it's on Netflix right now and stars... Uh, what is it, Keegan-Michael Key? Yeah, and Mike Birbiglia. I really liked it. I thought it was good. I've only seen two. Why no, have you, you seen so many and I've only seen two? You've seen Viva Las Vegas as well. Oh, Viva Las Vegas. Yes, that's right. How could that's you right. forget? Another, another <laughs> Elvis movie. Yeah. So have the picks been... Well, you've, I've only given you one really weird one. You'll get more weird ones later. Which Don't I worry. Haven't. Yeah, it's a monkeys movie. What's it called? It's called Head. Head? Yeah. I think in the marketing department, they really dropped the ball on this. And, like, they gave it a weird name. They gave it a weird advertising campaign. Like, the movie bombed huge. But over time, it's been appreciated more and more. It was a little bit of a cult hit in a way. And it actually even had, like, a Criterion Collection release now. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't realize that was the name of it. I'm going to watch it on YouTube. But thanks for giving me a movie that bombed. <laughs> thanks, Lucia. That doesn't I'm mean so it's bad. To watch it. I'm, I'm thrilled to watch it now. I can't wait. Hey, it's good. <laughs> I think that one's going to be challenging for me. But like, right. that's also the idea of this movie challenge is like for us to sort of get out of the box yeah. and like, try different movie genres and that sort of thing. Exactly. Speaking of which, my next movie is going to be Dear Frankie, which... I am not looking forward to at all. I do not like Gerard Butler, but we'll see. Hopefully I can get past him. Listen, you're going to see Dear Frankie, and you're going to like Gerard Butler. And here's the thing. I don't like Gerard Butler Mm -hmm. at all. I hate seeing what has happened to Gerard Butler's career, Mm -hmm. how it's evolved into, like, this complete shit show. But when I watched that movie, and it is an older movie, I would say it's probably about 15 years old, that movie, but it is good. And when you watch it, you're going to be like, OMG, what happened to Gerard Butler's career? It started off, like, you're going to see a completely different side of him, and I'm so excited for you to watch it, because I can't wait to hear what you think of that movie. (laughs) Okay, awesome. We'll check back in in the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure people can't wait to hear.
here. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what you thought of Head and what I thought of Dear Frankie. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, I do want to say thank you for doing the movie challenge because I've been wanting to do something like that. I mean, the only thing that would be better is if we could watch these movies together. Yeah, but, I know, um, but geographically, it's impossible. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Janet, for joining me on the phone. Thank you. And, oh, and I'm going to reveal our next movie, which even Janet doesn't know yet what I've picked. <gasps> <laughs> so next month we will be recasting The Matrix. Oh my god. <laughs> I've never watched The Matrix. Oh, really? This is actually really exciting because I have never and I'm probably like one of the only people on the planet Practically. Earth yeah. who has not seen that movie. Um it's on Netflix, so it's easy enough to access and um hopefully everyone else will watch it and tune in next month. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks.